You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. This is our last week in our, um, in our Table Talk mini-series. It's not the end, as Elodie said. We will continue to press forward into more of God. But it's the end of this series. And um, we've been, our mini-series has been talking around the church that Jesus is building is revival ready. As we've been going through this series, um, uh, many of us have been fasting and praying on Wednesdays or a day a week if Wednesday doesn't, doesn't work for you. Um, and while our last day of kind of officially fasting and praying might be on Wednesday, I want to encourage you, if God's stirring your heart, you don't have to stop then. If there's something that God's stirring in you, um, we want to keep pressing into this. But please, come along on Wednesday night. Um, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to call out for revival. We're going to press into more the, all that God has for us. So don't just kind of go, eh, whatever, prayer meeting. Um, I, I honestly believe that the prayer meeting is the engine room of the church. And for what God has for us, we have to be a praying church. So whatever you have, change your plans, cancel them, come on Wednesday night, ask your friends in your discipleship group and the people that you hang out with to come with you, and we're going to see God move in power this Wednesday night. Um, we started this series with the question, what is revival? Revival is being fully awake to the things of the Spirit. Revival is to come alive. It's more than meetings. It's an awakening to the presence of God in our lives. We share this quote. Robert Coleman says that revival is the awakening or quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. I hope that over the last few weeks that there has been something of a quickening in our spirits to say, oh, God, thank you for what you're doing in us to our true nature and purpose. We want to be those who walk in step with you and who host your presence well. Then we saw in the second week, what does it look like to live full of the Spirit? Monica shared a, an amazing list of things, marks or attributes of being full of the Spirit. Last week, we, we, uh, we asked this question, what can we learn from previous moves of God or from revivals of the past? Mark and Louise did such an amazing job of just unpacking not only their experience, but some of the revival history of things that we can learn, things that we can, can lay down. We want to finish today with what are some of the key ingredients of revival? Last week, we sort of looked a little bit at what are some of the things that we can lay down or that we have to, we have to let go of in order to steward what God wants to do in us. Today, uh, we want to look at some of the things that we need to lay hold of to pick up, to commit ourselves to, to steward what God wants to do in and through us. So I, I know Paul, so we got Paul here this morning. Amazing. Thank you for joining us. You're a beautiful man. We've had a fun time. We've had a few panels. Paul's been on a few panels over the, this last week. Um, I know, so Paul's personally been, been part of um, the sort of, for lack of a better name, the Toronto outpouring here in Australia in the 90s. Kind of, I don't think we call it that because it started in Toronto and then sort of moved around the globe. Um, you've also studied a lot about revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Spirit. This morning, can we talk about what you see as being some of the key ingredients for revival. So like I said, last week our takeaway was what do we need to lay down? What do we need to deal with in our lives to be able to steward what God wants to do? This week our takeaway, we want to be, and so if you're taking notes, you can think about this as we're talking and write down what God's saying to you. What do I need to pick up? What do I need to commit to as a non-negotiable in my life to be a revival bringer? 
Outstanding. Thanks, Matt, for the privilege. And uh, brace yourself, church. We're in for a a good ride. Uh, There's a couple of things that I really felt in my heart. Uh, And God can bring and God will bring a move of revival whether we do something or not. I want to start with that because I'm going to share some stuff that I feel in my heart. But God is sovereign. We, are, we, we, we love the Lordship of Christ, and, but I want to say, so he, whether we do something or not, He can just pour out His Spirit as He pleases. He Very is good. the Lord of Lords. Amen. Yep. Having said that, there are things that are historical and that bring and open us up for Him to come. And here's some of them. So prayer is obviously the big one. But we pray normally, don't we? And it's interesting that the theme right through worship And I wrote these notes a week ago um, that there is a correlation between praying, but praying with hunger and thirst. Matthew 5 says, we've heard it three, four times this morning, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I I sense that one of the key ingredients that we look historically, but for now, is praying with hunger, praying with passion. So we don't just pray, but we pray with passion. We want to encourage as an eldership in this season at home, pray with passion for revival. Maybe put on your fridge uh, a scripted or write a prayer. Lord, how can we pray as a family over a meal or over something for revival? So um, uh, revival is people who pray, but pray with hunger. And thirst after the Lord. I, I deliberately brought a, a, a glass of water. The Samaritan woman, Jesus said to her, you will never thirst again. Rivers of living water come out of that. So uh, you want me to list a few or just? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, prayer with hunger. This Wednesday, be here. Every prayer time, 9.15, at home. Don't wait for just us having corporate prayer. Let us be people of prayer. This Wednesday is at at 7, but on Sunday mornings we pray at 9.15. Just in case you show up at 9.15 in the morning on Wednesday, you're welcome to come and pray, but um, (laughs) it'll it'll just be you praying. So Administration is not my gift. (laughs) It's all good. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, this might be on on your list, but it's one of the reasons this thing of praying with hunger, why we fast. Wow. Because yes. the way, so the way we stir up spiritual hunger is by fasting. It's, I mean, obviously, we're hungry in the natural when we fast, but it's a key to, to stirring spiritual hunger that we're sharpened to his presence. And so, if we're going to pray with hunger, there is a key in, also in fasting, which might be one. Uh, yeah. Was that one of your points? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm preempting no, your no. points. We tune. Go, 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 go. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, so uh, we, we've hunger, and, 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 and this thing about fasting, yeah. yes, it's the, we, we're finishing this week, but can I ask you, ask the Lord, and, it's, and I want to say this about fasting, it's not about losing weight. Mm. I know it's obvious, it's, not a, it's, it's, it's obvious, but I want to say, because there are so many fasts out there, and people, that are, we fast because it makes us yearn for the presence of God. In the fast, we ask God, not my will, but thy will be done. And when you feel the, the, that hunger pain, then, then, then let that be a reminder, like a, a, a bell that goes off. Oh, Lord, revival in the nation, yeah. revival. So can I encourage you, 
set apart maybe once a week or whatever. What the Lord is saying, go do a seven-day fast, you know, during our Toronto days. And I'm not saying this is for everybody. Please hear me. Please hear me. But three, four of us did a 40-day fast on juice and water. And I'm, I was already skinny. But I had a revelation that this was for me. This was for me. And I, I did my final exams at Bible college on a 40-day fast. And please hear this, eh? Glory to the Lord. I got 97% in theology uh, during that time because there was a clarity in my spirit. Please don't go and do this unless God said it to you. Then you're just mimicking something. Then it's not a manifestation, it's a reaction. But please, would you bring that part of your spiritual diet to bring prayer and fasting unto the Lord? It's amazing. It's, uh, that's why I said, um, even though sort of, as a church, we may end our fast on Wednesday. God might be stirring you to say, actually, no, I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep stirring a spiritual hunger because, uh, you know, we're seeing glimpses of revival, but we're not seeing the fullness of that. And we're going to be a people who see the fullness of that. And it's not just the leaders. It's not just the elders or your discipleship group leaders. It's every one of us. It's actually it's every single one of us saying, God, we're desperate for more of you. If we leave it to somebody else, we abdicate our responsibility in being kingdom bringers. Yeah. We're never going to see the fullness of what God wants in us. But when we say, yes, Lord, use me, he stirs something in our hearts. Yeah, beautiful. I'm just going to rattle these quickly. I just want to honor what the Lord's put in Matt's heart. Um, agape love. But, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago. You don't have to be quick. It's fine. <laughs> agape love. Stop the offenses. Stop the pride and prejudice. God comes where there's commanded blessing and humility. Love one another. The one another's, the 41 one another's, he's attracted to that. I want to say lay down your guns. Don't be so reckless. Aussie crawl if you're not Australian. But lay down your agendas, your theology, your likes and dislikes. Paul puts it this way. I pray that you would be one in heart, mind and spirit. Philippians chapter 2. This time, can I invite you? Lay down your guns, lay down your agendas, lay down your pride and prejudice, leave them, don't even leave them at your home, don't let them come in. Agape love, a passion for the Word of God like never before. I know we preach on this, but don't just read it for obedience, read it for the hung, you're hungry for every word that comes out of his mouth. King and kingdom, I know we do this. Mark said this this morning, the pursuit of the person of the Holy Spirit. Every great revival was marked I want to know you, Holy Spirit. I want to know who you are. No compromise in the Lordship of Christ. No, we saw this in Toronto Blessing. The elders, I mean, we arrived on the first day at Randwick Baptist Church when this thing exploded. Uh, you know, we had to leave a church because we were yearning. I was behaving spiritually in a non-conformist way. And I love the Baptist movement. You know, I, I got my degrees out of that. But we were hungry for more. And so we arrived on the first day of this outpouring, let's call it an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Greg said, more of your Lordship. I was in the second row on a pew. I got lifted up, lifted up. Monica's here. She knows, she, she went down, face down. I got catapulted backwards when, when the Lord says, is the Lord of your, he wants it all. And I said, no, it's not, Lord. I know that you're, I'm retaining something in my heart. And I said, Lord, I repent now. The moment I said that, I got catapulted backwards. And from that moment, I said, the Lordship of Christ. Uh, no compromise. And building multi-generationally. I feel that this revival, there's something about us oldies and the youngsters and whatever you are. And, 
and cultures coming together, but just saying we are this together. It's not a young generation or an old generation, but I really sense, Matt, that this generation is us learning from each other, us learning from those with mullets, wherever he is, us learning from people, <laughs> learning from, from people with grey hair or no hair or whatever it is. But we're doing this together. We are a family unto revival and uh, just sold out for Jesus. These are some of the things. You know, the Bible says that where brothers or brothers and sisters, where we dwell together in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. And often, uh, I've actually preached this, but often we preach about, you know, unity is something we have to fight for. Can I say that unity isn't something we fight for? What we fight for is to keep it about Jesus and stay focused on him because the byproduct of being a Jesus-focused people is that we're united. That's it. That's it. We can fight for unity, but we all have different gifts and different, um, different preferences and, and different even focuses, things that we're called to. But when as a people together, we say, actually, you know what? It's all about him and it's all about uh, his presence. It's, it's always about him. And we're not going to move off of that, then we are united. We don't fight for unity. So I apologize for preaching that we fight for unity in the past. Um, but you know, when revelation comes, we grow and uh, you know, we keep it about him. But it's multi-generational. We're united, not just like together. And it's, it's multi or inter-church, not multi-faith, multi-church, not other faiths. There's only one way, it's Jesus. But there's more than one church. We're all his church. We said this last week, that we, that we, we cannot speak poorly of other churches. There's, when, we, when we pursue the person and the presence of Jesus, yes, we're united here, but we're actually united with others because we see Jesus in them. Not, yeah, we might do things totally differently. We might even have different language, but still, it's about his kingdom. And so we have a part to play. We have a part to play in honoring them. I think it's one of those key ingredients of revival is that it's, it's always more than what one church can do or handle. It's always more. If it's only what we can handle or what we can do, then we've limited it to us. It's very small. I mean, look around. We're not a big church. Let's, let's be honest. We're not thousands of people. We're a few hundred people. Size, it doesn't matter in that sense. But if we think that we can contain everything that God wants to do within a few hundred people and handle it, then we're missing actually being awakened to the presence of God. Will you allow God to enlarge your heart? To say that what he wants to do through us is bigger than what we can, what, than what we can, what we can handle, what we can contain, what we can administrate. On that, just... just Thank you, Matt and the elders, for keeping us sane during the whole COVID thing, making it about Jesus. God's bringing and connecting us, and please hear the heart, it's not to brag, but connecting us around Australia with incredible men and women of God. Simply, the only reason is because of this sanity of keeping it about Jesus and the kingdom. And I want to encourage us to do the same in this season. You're going to see people come. You're going to see a lot of people just come and that. And don't get focused on who it is. Stay focused on Jesus. Get your eyes off the person and onto, the, onto Jesus. 
And the more we do that collectively, the more people are going to come. People are going to come and get refreshed. You're going to see some, some admirals and some generals come, not because of anything that we are doing, but simply because we are so focused on lifting up the name of Jesus. Psalm 91 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I think one of the marks of revival, one of the key ingredients is to abide in him. One of the key ingredients is to be a worshiping people. What that means is that we can't wait until Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for our half an hour of worship. To be a worshiping people that in our lives, at home, in our lifestyles, we are, we are spending time glorifying him. Kind of seems counterintuitive. You kind of think, well, God, I need you to fill me so that, you know, like, come and fill me. And actually, actually what he calls us to is to minister to him. It's like as we minister to him, there's a greater release to us. That's right. But the focus is him first. It's a worshiping people. And you might go, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not a musician. I don't, put on a CD, find a track, get a playlist, uh, you know, even just open your Bible to any of the Psalms. You don't even have to sing. It's not just a singing thing. It's a, Jesus, I'm going to, to actually lift you up. We talked about a number of weeks ago about high praise, being a people of high praise, that we exalt him, that as we come to worship, even in our gatherings, it's not just about, Lord, bless me, oh, you're good, you know, he is good, but, you know, like, just be good to me, be good to my house. Um, it's actually, no, no, you're worthy, you're glorious, you're, you're holy. It's declaring his attributes and who he is, and because, again, it refocuses us around him. It lifts us up, it lifts our gaze up, and, it, and in that place, we're filled. In that place, we're refreshed. In that place, his presence is poured out. But it's to be a worshiping people, a people who are found in the presence of God, who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, who say, you're my refuge and my fortress. I run to you. I run to you in worship. I run to you uh, into your presence. I run to you in every moment. Can I call us again, church, to be a worshiping people who run to him, who are found in him. Maybe you need to put a playlist together and put it on in your car when you drive around. Maybe you need to, you know, part of your, your time with the Lord, put some worship music on and abide in his presence. What was the book that we, we talked about last year? The book, um, no, yeah, it was the Bible, but it was one about learning to Finding Father, right. So uh, we've said this before, and I, I'm pretty sure that everyone went, yeah, that sounds great, but nobody actually read it. Um, some people did, I can, I, and I can tell you who did, because you can, I can see the presence on their life. <laughs> book called Finding Father by um, a lady named A.J. Jones. Um, I really want to encourage you. If, you. if you struggle to receive, receive, jeez. <laughs> If you, struggle, if you struggle to just abide in his presence, to come before the Lord without an agenda, without a list of, I got to get through all my prayer points and you do my reading and then get on with my day, you need to read this book. 
You need to write it, write it down, look it up, get it. It's on Kindle. It's not even expensive. It's cheap. It's amazing. It will help train you to set aside time to abide with him. And as we gather to worship as a church, we can, I, you can see those who are worshipers. But we actually all want to become worshipers together. Good job. Anything else? Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things uh, that we, it's stirring in our hearts as elders is that when we go for healing, it's wonderful. But when we go for Jesus, we get everything. Does that make sense? So often we go to him for stuff. But when we go to him, and revival is marked by this love for Jesus and healing is part of it. And I just want to share a little story that happened to Monica and I last week in Port Macquarie. Uh, caught me by surprise. It's in the Bible. But uh, one of our friends, Dave Hagger, uh, a great prophet of God, said, I felt in the Lord, stirred in the night, for that we are to pray for healing and for the prodigals to come home for people who are not in the room. So that was good. And he said, I want you all to bring a pillowcase so we can anoint them and pray for them and pray for healing for them. Then I said, okay, it's in the Bible. It just caught me by surprise. Did be honest, did you think it was a little strange? It was very strange. <laughs> and I've been around strange for a long time. Hey, so, uh, so I'm interrupting your testimony. <laughs> but Because sometimes, you know, in this thing, our first reaction is that seems a little strange. Okay? Like, because Paul was telling me the story, and I was like, that seems a little strange, if I'm honest with you. Because we kind of like to pretend like we're super spiritual. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, that's awesome. Like, that seems a little strange. But tell us what happened. So uh, the, on the Sunday morning, uh, I was preaching on Agape, and um, the son of Greg and Amanda, who lead the church in Canberra, he said, my girlfriend has not slept for 18 months because of this acute cough that keeps her up all night. It's not viral, not bacterial. It's not something. They just, the, the surgeons can't explain it away. So the only thing she takes is whatever before she goes. She hasn't slept. And she's a teacher, a primary school teacher. And so she has to leave the classroom often, walk out, cough, cough for about 10 minutes and walk back in. So he comes, he said, Paul, I really feel, because I prayed on, I, we, I was preaching on healing the night before, would you anoint the pillowcase? And I said, Lord, uh, give me faith. So I anointed it with oil, I got my little oil thing from here, and I sprinkled it, it was stained with oil, and, um, and I prayed, Lord, let your will be done, and pray. So he grabs the pillowcase, he drives eight hours from Port Macquarie to Canberra, and he sees it has a, a, and, and gives it to her, and she goes, uh, weird, very weird. Uh, but she, anyhow, puts her pillow in the pillowcase, unbeknownst to her, because she slept all night, and she didn't even realize that. It gets better. So... Uh, she wakes up, has a shower, she feels good, she feels really refreshed, goes to school, and if I get, the, you know, this is the story, that one of the little kids, the student says, are you okay, miss? And says to her, why? She said, you haven't gone out and coughed all morning. She got totally and utterly healed on that morning. Amen. She's healed. I just, I, 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 called, I called Peter last night and said, how is your guest? She said, cough has gone completely. In this season of revival, um, we think we know what God's going to do. Can I say, be ready for the surprises of God. He is Lord Almighty. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And if he can heal through a pillowcase, what else can he do? Not what can't he do, what can he do? 
and uh, I am just so excited. We are going to witness the spectacular things of God. Please don't shut it out because you don't have an experience. When Toronto came, there was a lot of stuff that happened. I went, this can't be God. I spent most of my time rebuking myself. Please don't deny what God can do in this season because He is sovereign, He is Lord. Just because you haven't seen it, it doesn't mean He can't do it. At the risk of ruffling our feathers this morning, there is biblical precedent for strange fire. But there is no biblical precedent for no fire. There's biblical precedent for things that we don't understand that at times might seem strange. You don't need to look it up. Somebody wrote a book called Strange Fire. There is biblical precedent. And he was trying to, trying to make a point about why the Holy Spirit doesn't work today. It's a load of rubbish. Don't read it. There's biblical precedent. Some of the stuff that happened, it looked as if tongues of fire rested upon their head. Handkerchiefs. Um, clothing that was taken and put on the sick and they were healed. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I mean, the Lord speaks through a donkey. Seriously. I mean, and we like to go, oh, you know, I'm the donkey. It wasn't a person who was being a jackass. It was an actual donkey that the Lord spoke through. There's biblical precedent for what we in the natural might think is strange. But there's no precedent for no fire. The whole of the New Testament hinges on Jesus' death and resurrection and the outpouring of his spirit. He doesn't say, I've risen from the dead, now go. He says, I've risen from the dead, now go and wait for the outpouring of the spirit. Can I just jump in? That this stuff, I know we say it a lot, but please get this revelation today. This is not for the eldership. This is not for the deacons. This is for us. All of this us. This is yep. all of us. All yep. of us. From the little baby, from the babies, from the visitors today, from the mature to the old to the young. Please don't walk away. If you take away anything, take away living water and this revelation. Lord, here I am I, send me. Whatever I have, please, in your business world, in, in the market world, in whatever you have, this is for all of us. Revival is for all of us. I want to ask one more question of you, Paul, and then we're going to just make room to receive. How do we position ourselves for what's coming or for what God wants to do? The first word, and I think... The last word is humility. We position ourselves says, not my will be done, but your will be done. Yeah. Not my theology, my practices, my past. This is going to hurt you. Not my culture, not my, even my religious culture, but here am I. The dove comes where there is quiet humility. Pigeons come and land anywhere. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He comes where there is humility and commanded blessing. We don't want pigeon religion. We want the Holy Spirit. We don't want, we want the Holy Spirit. Hunger, a prayer life, a unity, a love. 
lay down of our guns, agape love. I know I harp on about that, but there is something about love one another. And love is tough. It's not this soft, emotional stuff. Agape is strong. And then a desire for the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage us, all of us, let your home, during COVID, you know, we had to meet in our homes, and now we have the joy of meeting corporately. But I want to say meet corporately, but don't stop bringing the glory of the Lord on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Don't stop praying for your oikos. Don't stop praying for your neighbours. Pray for the people you work with. I pray that it's a season of courage and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now that you would experience supernatural boldness. We prepare in humility, in togetherness, and in expectation. Be expectant. Every day, God, what will God do today and see what he will do? It's amazing. Can we stand together? In worship, God gave Monica a vision, a picture. Come and share it, Monica. Maybe the music team could come up. Uh, in that, when we were singing the song about um, he's the anchor, for our soul, I was just pressing into worship and just felt like God was saying that um, he's not like this rusty old anchor that's not going to hold. He's like, I, I was, went on to say, you're, you're so good, you are good. And I felt like he was saying, you're a good anchor. So for people who um, are feeling a bit tossed about or a bit neat, like you need an anchor, just maybe raise your hands to heaven. And then as as I was meditating on him being a good anchor, it turned into a golden anchor. And then, then I felt like I was in his throne room and, and like he's on the throne and it's golden and he's, he's an anchor. Actually, I should have brought my Bible. I, I looked it up. He says that he is the anchor. We have this hope that is an anchor for our soul and it enters behind the presence. I didn't realise it says this after. It enters behind the veil into his presence. So he, <laughs> he's glorious on the throne and he's the anchor. It's a golden anchor and it's never going to fail. It's an unfailing golden anchor. And we, we can enter, enter into his throne room with grace. For, for grace in our time of need. We can enter into this golden throne room where there's the golden anchor for our souls and there's golden keys and there's a thundering voice speaking to us saying, this is the way, this, go this way, go that way. A thundering voice and there's so much happening in that throne room and we, we have this, because of Jesus, we can enter behind the veil into his throne room. It's an amazing word. Share that scripture, Paul. This is a word, I think it's a word in season for us and for revival from John 7. This is Jesus. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus, King Jesus, stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the proper translation is out of his belly. Rivers of living water will come. He said this about the Holy Spirit. The Samaritan woman came to Jesus. 
and she got living water. Revival is about drinking from the source of living water. And today Jesus wants us to drink afresh. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptised with the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to lay down your guns, lay down your weapons, lay down your pride and your prejudice so the King of glory can come. Can we open up our hands? Are you thirsty today? Are you hungry today? It says God blesses those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and rivers of living water. I want to ask you this, just lift up your head and open your mouth. And I mean open your mouth and let Him fill you right now. Right now in the Spirit of the living God, the same King Jesus that gave that woman a drink of water and she became, I believe, the first evangelist in the New Testament. The same Holy Spirit is in this room this morning. He's desiring to pour out revival, living water, fresh fire in our midst this morning. And so we receive it from You. We humble ourselves and we cry out, more Lord, more of Your presence right now. No longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And now Lord, I pray, Spirit of the living God, would You fill us with living water right now. Every mouth, every tongue, every person in this room today, every baby, every child, to the kids upstairs and the little ones, the babies, to the oldest person here, fill us right now. Would you pray this with me? Fill me right now. Some of you would love and receive the gift of tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Would you say, fill me now, King Jesus. I receive you right now. Give me your gifts. I receive even the gift of tongues. Just say it right now. I receive the gift of tongues and every gift that you have for me today. Be filled now with the Holy Spirit. Be filled right now. I feel like even as we're standing in His presence, God's inviting us. He's stirring in different hearts where you know, I need to commit myself to this. I need to commit myself to worship, to prayer, maybe to fasting, to standing in the gap for somebody, to being found in His presence. Whatever He's stirring in your heart, maybe it's to pray for a nation, that doors would open. Will you say this? If He's stirring something in your heart, will you say this? I will commit to whatever it is to be a catalyst for revival. I will commit to prayer to be a catalyst for revival. Jesus, I will commit to being found in your presence to be a catalyst for revival, whatever it is that he's stirring in your heart. For some today, you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And I want to tell you, he's real. He's here. His presence is here. And he's saying to you today, I want you to follow me. I want to fill you. It's not just some mental thing. There's a reality of your, of your soul being filled with His presence. 
He's saying, I want to come and live with you. Will you follow me? Will you turn away from trying to live for yourself, for all the wrong things you've done? And will you make me the Lord of your life? Will you say sorry for the sin? The Bible talks about sin. It's for doing the wrong things, for trying to earn salvation ourselves. And will you let me fill you? If that's you this morning, he wants to bring you into his kingdom. He wants to bring you into his family. He wants to awaken you to his presence. He wants to mark you with his presence. He wants to give you a new identity and a new calling. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is not a private thing. This is a, in front of everybody, I want to follow Jesus. And if that's you, I want to invite you to say, Jesus, I want to follow you by coming up the front. Come up to my right, to your left up here. Just come up, get on your knees before him and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm sorry for living for myself. I want to know you. I want to follow you. Come to the front, get on your knees and receive him as your savior. There's something that will happen. If, if that's you, do that right now. Do that right now. We're going to continue to respond to him. We're going to worship. Can I do there's also there's a call for prodigals. Those who have, actually you've walked with the Lord, but you, in a sense, you've wasted the time, the gift, whatever it is he's, he's put upon your life. And you've actually made other things. You've been pursuing other things. There's a call for those who have walked away. For those, to, actually your hearts become cold to come back to him. And I want to call you back to his presence. I want to call you back to intimacy with him. I want to call you back this morning to not making something else your church, to not making uh, an idol out of a relationship or an idol out of entertainment or whatever it else, but to call you back to his presence and to intimacy with him this morning. just want to just prophesy or just give a word to the couple out the back with a beautiful baby there, right there at the back, you guys. Would you mind standing up? Yes, you guys. And at the same time, this young couple here, you've got a checkered shirt and a young lady next to you. Phil, you're, you're here today because God says, I'm bringing you back into a place that I spoke and prophesied over you years ago. You're back here today. You've, had, you've known the Lord or maybe and stuff like that, but I felt over these two couples today, I presume you're together, you're holding hands. So if not, <laughs> can I chat with you later? <laughs> but I felt that there's a fresh call on your lives to step back into that place. This is no accident that the Lord has brought you here this morning, that you're here today because there is something of the fire of God in your heart and there's a refreshing in your heart. Sir, with the checkered shirt, today's your day. Today's your day. This is today to step not where you were, but to step up into a place that was prophesied by your grandmother, says the Lord by your grandmother. You're coming into this place today to be a revivalist and to be part of a, a revival generation. And the gentleman right there, you don't even know what God's called you right now. In fact, you're asking the question, God, what is it? But I want to say that God has marked you both, the three of you, to step into a place, to step into what we call the anointing. I don't want to be religious about this, but to come to a place of fire. You were never meant to live a boring life.
buy a house, settle down and do a boring life. There's nothing boring about you. There's nothing boring about you. But He's called you for a time such as this to step into the glory of the Lord. See, God's pouring out His revival Shekinah glory for a time such as this. Can we just lay hands on that two couple and that couple right there? Can I prophesy and pray? So Lord God, we thank You for the fire of God. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now is the day. Today is the day of visitation, of stepping into the place of God and bringing the fire of God to the young man with the checkered shirt. Forget about your past. Bring it at the cross and leave it there and step into what God has for you. The girl with you, been praying for you. Your girlfriend, whatever you guys are, she's been praying that today you wouldn't have an encounter with God. Is that right, young lady? You've been praying for that man, yes. And so I thank You, Lord, that today in that cry, You're touching them both in Jesus' Name. Never stop praying, young lady. Never stop praying. God heard your prayer from heaven today. Thank You, Lord. Lord. Bless what You're doing, Lord. What we receive from You. We worship You. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.